Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Holly, welcome to the hump edition of the Dirt Alert. Thank you for bringing us our our, uh, dirt today. Well, fantastic. A pleasure as always. And I heard the pop culture Jeopardy before we went to break. And Julia said Geico pretty much right away. Okay, Thank you. Good. I, yeah, yes. I don't we lie. believed her. We didn't. I did not think she was lying. I did say it right away. Thanks, Holly. Yes, you did. Uh, let's go to Cara Delevingne and Paris Jackson. So we talked about them earlier this week, kind of getting cozy with each other at an Oscar after party. Now we're learning some of the details that it was at Joan Collins's mm. and her agent's Oscar after party. That's the party we'd want to go to. No kidding. Wouldn't that be fabulous? So it was at the home of an art collector named Eugenia Lopez in Beverly Hills. And the reason that they went to that party specifically is because Cara Delevingne is one of Joan Collins's goddaughters. See, I always forget that Cara comes from like some Fancy Ooh. aristocratic British That's family. That's right, Lori. That's right. Her I get sister her mixed Poppy. up with the Hadid sisters. No, I mean she's oh, like like right. there's some. She's like from an aristocratic. I family. was wondering if you got this information from the Beverly News Courier. Cur- cur- <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I just popped down to Gelson's and yeah, picked right. up the newspaper <laughs> there. Well, remember Cara Delevingne when Prince Philip passed away? She shared a photograph of her grandmother with a young Prince. That's Philip. right. You're right. So she runs in very, very posh circles. Yeah. And uh, I love knowing that she and Joan are goddaughter and godmother and that she likes hanging out with Joan and all all of her pals. Oh, my goodness. I am looking at Cara Delevingne's early life, according to Wikipedia, and she is posh behind beyond posh. Okay. Her father was an English property developer and his father was the. Uh, grand, or excuse me, his mother was the Honorable Angela Margot Hamar Greenwood, daughter of Hamar Greenwood, the first Vice Count Greenwood. That's too fancy. I don't even know what I just said. Right, I don't exactly. But, Something about okay. a lot of Greenwoods and Hamars. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Titled people with land. Thank you. Uh, Elliot Page is going to be sitting down with Oprah for her Oprah conversations. Okay. And he said that he was he felt like it was crucial and important for him to share his coming out story amid the backlash towards the transgender community. Now, a clip was released today. It's his first televised Q&A and discussed the process in sharing all of this personal information. And Elliot says, I was expressing this to people in my life much before posting the letter 
last year and telling people for the first time and knowing I wanted a moment to be comfortable in myself and to be able to get to that point. So he believes that it's very important right now to be sharing this story amid the backlash that we're seeing towards trans people, particularly trans youth. He said, I felt really imperative to do so Mm -hmm. right now. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's it. when is that Oprah conversations? Does she just do it? Scat, you know, like it's if it's just a big enough story or is it sporadic? It's not like a regular weekly show. You know, I think I don't that think. Lori, you're right on yeah. that it one is. because this is the show that Oprah has on Apple TV Plus. OK, so if you have Apple TV Plus, you'll be able to watch it. Yes. And if you don't, you don't. Um, yeah, I'll, I would definitely watch mm-hmm. that because really, I mean, the last hot, high profile person and it wasn't i mean it i don't know it was a quite a while ago but when, when um you know chastity bono became right. Chaz bono right. you're right you know i think it's a or good caitlin jenner yeah i know but i mean i just think like as a, a re, the relatability yeah, factor of, uh, because of the age and everything yeah um, yeah and specifically a trans man story yeah with, with chaz bono yeah 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 yeah, yeah. there's so. another uh big interview with elliot page in vanity fair magazine that was published today so mm. if you want to read more about what he has to say then please go over to vanityfair.com okay. oh those kids kate middleton and prince william released new photographs today to mark their 10th anniversary it was 10 years ago was it really yeah wow yeah i i imagine at the time when they got married you guys oh we watched it are you kidding me we watched both of them yeah we got up early we we did we watch it here at work well, we got up early for Harry and Megan. I can't. I think no, we, we did get up early we for We came to too. work on a yeah. Saturday and we had a live watch-a-thon. Yeah, we did that too. Their 10th anniversary, mm-hmm. the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, that's happening tomorrow. So they released two new portraits. They're on their official social media channels. They're quite lovely. And I'll tell you this, that her dress inspired a gazillion wedding dresses. It kind of changed uh, the wedding dress industry. It took it a big, beautiful. hard... And her sister's because, bottom. And yeah, and then Pippa's beautiful uh, bottom, the, her dairy are stealing the thunder. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm looking up the wedding dress right now. And, and William looks so handsome because those red military yeah, uniforms. I mean, so it's like gorgeous. something out of, you know, yeah. Cinderella. Oh, yeah. I thought a pumpkin was going to carry them right. away from Westminster Abbey. Yes. Uh, Kate Middleton wore custom Alexander McQueen mm-hmm. yep. when she got married. And you're right. And you William guys. still had hair. And he mm-hmm. still had hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julie still had hair. The sleeves. The sleeves. It ushered back in. Like, the lace. What a, Chantilly lace. It, well, and just how pretty that can yep. be on a dress. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. kind of fun to look back at those wedding uh, photographs from Kate and William. So you can help celebrate their 10 anniversary tomorrow by go looking at some photographs. Gwyneth Paltrow is doing one of those life and looks vo- uh, videos for Vogue. That's where Vogue brings the celebrity a bunch of their red carpet looks over the years, and then the celebrity talks, talks about, about them. them. All right, oh, Paltrow, how, how let's let's get to her because I, I know she's just going to be insufferable. I look super great in that one. Right. That one, oh my gosh, I even look better. Well, she's giving us some inside details about her look from the 2012 Met Gala. She wore Prada, and she's letting us know that there was a skirt that came with it, but she decided that she didn't want to wear it. Because her legs looked so great, I'm sure. She just loved the shirt. And she said of wearing the shirt as a mini dress, you know, you gotta get the weapons out. Oh, she is so tiring. (laughs) You do? 
Yeah. She said, though. But did she kind of go on about her stylist? Was, no, you have to wear the full skirt. And the other stylist was probably, Gwyneth, your legs look so great and you're nipping out. And Yeah, well, the stylist <laughs> wanted her to wear the full Prada look. Yeah. But then Gwyneth Paltrow, no, she put her foot down and she said, I'm going to wear the shirt and I don't regret the decision. She said if she's learned anything about being on red carpets, it's how not to show your vagina on the red carpet. That is a direct quote from Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, she so is gross. so insufferable. She's, She's insufferable. so in love with her vag. <laughs> yeah. She really is. I mean, she has a new vibrator to sell, you but guys. she's so <laughs> in love. And she has to tell us, she's a mother. I, I just... Does she just put a mirror down there and just yeah. hypnotize Hang out. herself? I mean, <laughs> my kids would die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some things. Her kids are still in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't worry I'm a, about it. I'm a prude it. that way, aren't I? Yeah, right. but that's all right. All right. Lots of people are. You're prudent <laughs> along with other people. Thanks, Holly. Yes. Thanks, Holly. You're welcome. Let's start, uh, go to my talk traffic this afternoon. It's a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. Well, I thought in honor of the Oscars that just happened this yes. past Sunday, that it would be worth our time looking back at a dress and what was the story behind the dress that is now considered the most iconic thing ever worn to the oscars it happened 20 years ago in uh, 2001 and it was when bjork uh, showed up at the oscars in her infamous and famous swan dress do you guys remember that i do of course. okay yeah. racco you yes. remember this and who is bjork Bjork, the musician, uh, Rocco, if you've got a little... Yeah, you might know this song. She was she started out in a band called The Sugar Cubes. And yes. And then kind of... Uh, She's got a haunting, ethereal... You fall in love. Do you guys remember this one? Yeah. Yes. I like this song. I know it. So, anyway, so... So Bjork was invited to the Oscars because um, she was nominated for best original song for the song called I've Seen It All and it was from Dancer in the Dark that whatever that movie oh, was jeez dude that's a tough one to watch is that with Nicole Kidman no, or somebody that was kind of a foreign movie you know there was probably some mainstream yeah but um, i remember that i never saw the movie or whatever people said it was a really hard movie to see and she ended up... Um, Catherine Deneuve is in it. That's right. And she ended up um, that night, um, I believe she loses to um, Bob Dylan. Okay. Okay, but that's why she was invited to um, Got the the Oscars. And so she, you know, she swoops in. She's got this giant bird draped around her neck. And, I mean, immediately... Um, people just were losing their mind. And it was by this Macedonian designer, Marjan Pajoski, who ruffled the feathers. One critic called it one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Joan Rivers at the Times concluded oh, that, miss her. that she, uh, Bjork needed to be put into an asylum. That was on Fashion Police. Mm-hmm. And the ensemble inspired endless parodies and earned a spot on nearly every single list of the worst Oscar gowns. But 20 years later, her flight of fancy no longer looks like a faux pas, but a fashion masterpiece. I really should have had Holly post it because 
of how it was styled. But and looking um, at the pictures, wow! And and it was inspired by carousel animals. This is what the designer said. And the show, it, it had this sheer body suit, suit festoon yeah. with sequins and peacock feathers, and then the piece de resistance, if you will, is the tulle tutu. You know, with the feathered thing going around. And, and when this was shown on the runway, the model, Alex Weck, uh, wore it. And um, she's very tall, black, maybe, I can't remember where she's from, but very, I think her hair was always, like, closely cropped, the model. Sure. And people went crazy when this dress was in Fashion Week. Okay. That, you know, in the fall. So the morning of the Oscars, Bjork was so excited to wear her swan dress. She loved the whole story behind that, you know, the carousel and she loved. um, But anyway, she made her people go out to look for ostrich eggs that she could lay periodically on (laughs) the the red red carpet. (laughs) I saw that. And Bronwyn Cosgrove, fashion journalist and author of Made for Each Other Fashion Academy, said she was in London Fashion Week when the swan dress was this talking point. It closed the show. Alex Weck wore it. So the dress had a life of its own before Bjork even came along. Right. And then Valerie Steele, who's the um, director and chief curator at the museum at FIT in New York. Mm -hmm. She said, you have a very long history of women and swans going back to Swan Lake in the late 19th century. Dancer Anna Pavlova's The Dying Swan exerted a major impact on fashion designers. Mm-hmm. And you look at some of the dresses that emulate, you know, the oh, yeah, feathers, all totally. of that, and some of the yeah. one shoulder. And then Bronwyn, this fashion journalist, she said, Bjork had selected a number of Pajoski's outfits and wore them while promoting Dancer in the Dark, Lars von Trier's very... Depressing movie about yes. death, I think. Yes. And I think Bjork was also in the movie. She was in the she movie, was. Larry, yes. So she actually turned up at Cannes wearing one of those dresses, and it was even zanier than the swan dress. And it was uh, inspired by old Hollywood, specifically when Marlene Dietrich dressed up as the Greek, Greek myth Leda and the swan for a 1930s uh, costume party. And Bjork ends up winning... You know, the best actress sure. in con in this this outfit. And it was like a poofy pink organza pleated lantern dress. Oh, gosh. Um, but they did the, the 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 design team had no idea that the swan dress was even in her future. So um, I'm looking at that other dress. It looked like paper. It looked like a paper lantern. It looked like a paper lantern. Yeah. yeah. And that was in. So and then this other guy who does embroidery for the designer, he said, listen, this Marjan was very big in London at, in 2001. He, he she was working on her Vespertine album and that album. Anyone who follows Bjork, you know, she's very thematic. Right. Rocco? right. I mean, you know a little bit about yeah. her. The thematic, pretty. the theatrical. Yeah. So she was doing this very atmospheric. Uh, album and when she saw my swan dress she loved it because the swan is the like a winter album and she was feeling that mood and 
Um, the woman at the time who was senior VP of publicity at Elector Records said, I remember Bjork coming into my office with the dress. I loved it. Would I love it for anyone else? No, but Bjork, I thought, yes, I can't imagine her wearing any kind of typical designer. This is perfect. So we were all for it. And then the uh, fashion journalist who I referenced earlier said so many designers had been reaching out to Bjork because of this movie and getting nominated. They wanted to dress her for the Oscars. She was staying at the Chateau Marmont, and a lot of designers were just sending her dresses wow. that whole week. And this is 2001, and so it's we're not Kinda really... Kind of before this is yeah. even what the, stand, the norm was. And one of the designer reps I interviewed for my book, Fashion and the Academy Awards, said she encountered an assistant at the swimming pool at the Chateau Marmont wearing the clothes that Bjork had been sent by the designer. Oh, that's hysterical. And okay. then Scott Rogers, Bjork's manager um, for, well, he left her, they parted ways in 2010. He said, um, listen, uh, Bjork, she didn't call out to designers. These were people who were reaching out to her. Right. She'd already talked to him. She loved the swan dresses. He had made her two dresses, a swan and a peacock. Oh, We had no idea which one she was going to wear. Okay. And before the actual um, uh, reward show, you know, we went to the rehearsal and they're like, oh, this is the dress she's going to wear. It's And all I could see was that it was the head of a swan. And I was like, What? is that and her people when she asked for the ostrich eggs the morning of the oscars they ended up going somewhere in chinatown and got the eggs and then bjork decorated them okay okay that's so funny and and she wanted to just lay eggs as she went down the red carpet, but the security people kept picking them up. Okay, that's just so funny. Lovely. And they tried um, to play dumb, like her people, like they didn't know <laughs> those eggs aren't from her. They're right. like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Michael Caulfield, photographer for the assault, you know, they got the big yep. press bank. Yep. He said, I will never forget that moment when she walked up the red carpet. I wasn't sure. Is this a political statement? Is she promoting a movie? After she passed, there wasn't a single photographer who talked about anything else. <laughs> Steve Granite, who works for Wire Image still, right. that was his first year on a red carpet at the Oscars. He said people were just staring at her. I think we were all in awe. Everyone was frozen. It was like slow motion. And I remember Julia Roberts won Best Actress that year. And I just remember thinking, wow, Bjork is actually getting more from these photographers than Julia mm-hmm. when they're walking on the red carpet and they're taking she all the She wore that photos. vintage Valentino with the diamonds all the way down the front. She but was the, with Benjamin Bratt. But the yeah. pictures... Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. looking at 2,000 and, Oscar photos. And this guy from the Associated Press said, there are two iconic red carpet dresses that I photographed in 25 years that I will never forget. When Jennifer Lopez wore the green dress at the Grammys in yeah. 2000, and Bjork Swan dress. He said that back then people were wearing like Calvin Klein. Now when I think about wearing a swan dress, it's like wearing an Andy Warhol. And um, anyway, you know, people parodied it. And, oh, Lori, it was um, everything. You know, uh, Kevin James uh, did it when he hosted some show. Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. did a parody of it at the Emmys. And it became a 
a punchline. It was uh, spoofed in White Chicks, Hannah Montana, and elsewhere. But she did not care. When she was in L.A., she posed for the cover of her album, Vespertine, which she felt was inspired by this one, in the same dress. And she later told the interview... Magazine, I don't know why I'm obsessed with swans, but they're very romantic and monogamous. And right now, swans seem to just stand for a lot of things that I love. And she later auctioned her that dress for Oxfam. Okay. And But the designer still has a version, and it has been exhibited at MoMA and the Metropolitan. And um, it is, Valerie Steele said, it is... Perhaps the most famous dress that was ever worn on the red carpet around that time, 2001, is when actors had started being hyper careful and the red carpet became about everyone being on brand and on message. And there was starting to be very little wild creativity. And when you look at pictures of Bjork, it's cool, it's funny, it's weird, it's wonderful. People mocked it, but we're starting to see the fabulousness fabulousness of it now it's the eighth most iconic dress ever worn to the mm-hmm. oscars and she looked so cute in she it. she looked so cute her styling and her she bangs was so cute so cute with her hair yep. was just perfect and you could tell she was having fun and yep. i love the image of her laying down ostrich eggs yeah. and her people trying to pretend they knew nothing about it That's as funny. security was collecting them so I want to hear what the other seven are, Julie. Maybe I don't can... know what they are, um, but I did yeah. look it up. It's Was in one Wikipedia. Of them share? I'm Was... sure there's a, probably a share in there, um, yeah. but I'm looking at just that year yeah. alone. Jennifer Lopez is wearing something that's amazing with no bra and sheer and see-through. And there's this picture of this man just staring at her boobs. Oh, yeah. Wasn't um, that where it looked like she had her nipples on? Yeah. But she didn't. They were her own nipples. And Kate Hudson was wearing granny hair, the curly granny hair with that granny. Almost famous. It was tragic. It was tragic. Tragic look. It was tragic. Tragic And that was the last time that we saw Nicole Kidman wearing that mustard yellow suit dress with the Mm -hmm. embroidery on it. That was so stunning with Tom Cruise. And she towered over him. Yeah. All right, so there we go. A little fashion vintage scandal. Yes, it was. That was a good one, Lori. All right, we'll be back. I know, I like the Bjork right here. Is this who we're listening to? That's why I said, where's my glow stick? Oh, I had no idea what you're talking about. Raver. Good Raven music. I really should have had Holly post the damn song. I know it. I know. Well, we can't. Julia, we can't be director, poster, producer, and talk show host or whatever. But boy, yeah, that dancer in the dark. That I think that's Lars von Trier. He's kind of a dark, he's like, Danish a weird, filmmaker. Yes, so and weird. that movie is, is. I remember my wife to this day just still talks about that movie. How hard her. it was! Oh, it's hard to watch. That's it like, sounds um, awful. It's yeah. like the movie I talk about that it was. I'm traumatized by it. And some people, it's like their favorite movie. What? What? Um, um, Requiem for Requiem, a Dream. A dream. Oh, that right. was a bad movie. With Joaquin and yeah. Alan Bernstein. Yep. I, I, I sat at the lagoon. I was with my friend Gladys. Mm-hmm. I wanted to leave in the middle of the movie. She's like, no, no, we've never walked out of a movie. I kept staying. It kept getting more horrible and more horrible and horrible. And when it was over, I just said, that is the most awful experience I've ever had watching anything with my own eyes willingly. I hated that movie. No, we've, there's been movies. It's, I don't, that was just too dark. It was about that, heroin yep. addiction. And some people are like, oh, it's the most beautiful movie ever made. I feel traumatized. Yeah. I, thinking there are about some that. really bad movies out there. It's like that movie Pieces of a Woman, apparently, is a very oh, triggering I, I movie. Know, I've noticed, I, I, sometimes, I can I tell you again, 
my octopus teacher. And oh. just give that another little plug because mm-hmm. we got a couple emails and a couple texts from friends. It is such a sweet, yeah, charming, unexpected movie, and you get visually there's a reason vi- it won visual the, orgasms. The, the but it won best documentary, and it was up against some very heart tugging, also very good documentaries. So it must be. It's just I'm going to watch it for sure. It's it's moving, and it and watch it on a. I mean, I watched it on a cold drizzly night. Don't do it if the sunshine and Laurie because you need no. to see. Well, okay, and listen to this. So okay, you know. Leslie Jordan, who we love. Hey, how y'all doing? His book is out today. Uh And when he was on Tamron Hall, she um, surprised him with Dylan McDermott because uh, Mm -hmm. Leslie Jordan has a crush on him. He Mm -hmm. has since they worked together on something. Supposedly, Ryan Murphy's working on a thing for the two of them. But he says it's the the club for middle-aged gay men who have a crush on Dylan McDermott. And Dylan is a starring opposite Christopher Maloney in this first season of Law and Order Organized Crime. Oh, gosh. And he, oh, God, I, I just, I, I've never I flip watched and love, love that show. Mm-hmm. I'm back in it this All year. Right, okay. And it's solely Christopher Maloney and Dylan McDermott. But Dylan McDermott is this wealthy, wealthy, wealthy techno guy who's dealing drugs in the black, you know, worldwide. Black, he's right. got, you know, all this. And he's, of course, to be that wealthy, to be this whatever, he keeps an octopus in a tank in his office. Oh, he does. And there is a okay. scene, and he's telling, extolling all the amazing thing that the octopus can do, how it can change, and it, it's amazing. It's amazing, okay, and it's amazing. And then, but he then he starts telling some ominous things about the ox, mm-hmm. octopus, and the next thing you know, this guy's head is in the fish tank with the octopus and the octopus is attacking because of course this has come very violently into his thing so i've been wanting to know more about the fascinating world of the octopus just from that one little scene i wow because i don't think we realize or like we kind of maybe take for granted what we know about octopus when i I was Mm. shocked in the movie how they change camouflage themselves i mean i'm always amazed how animals can camouflage themselves yeah. to be so many different ways but unbelievable mm-hmm. anyway you might want to fast forward parts of it you might get a little bored all it right gets a little so mo- it gets i did a little look moody. up um the iconic dresses uh that that article oh quoted. all right um the number one supposedly do you remember a safety pin dress. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hurley. Hurley. There you go. Hugh, That's Hugh what they Grant. said. Nineteen ninety-four. Mm-hmm. They said that was number one. Yeah, well, I sent you the list, Julie. You can read oh, it. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, that we'll was, discuss it next. Vintage. Scandal. We we can next vintage scandal. Yeah, and speaking of vintage, um, Midnight in the Switchgrass, which we just thought was going to star Megan Kelly or Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, Bruce Willis is in that one. Speaking of vintage, oh. He's in a movie that's not going straight to DVD. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying. This is we a both, big deal. I mean, we did. It's not the trailer. It's a first look. It's called Midnight in the Switchgrass. Bruce Willis p- plays a Texas Ranger, which I buy that. Megan Fox plays an FBI agent. Okay. And then Colson Baker, which is Machine Gun Kelly's real name, is um, I'm not sure what his part is, but it's a crime thriller, and I like the title, Midnight in the Switchgrass. 
I don't know. It, it sounds, sounds sexy. It does in a sexy sort yeah. of midnighty way. All right. Everybody and then tomorrow we'll night. learn what switchgrass is. That's right. <laughs> and I'm going to go to Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and ask if I can plant some. <laughs> well, everyone have a good night. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go.